Hey, how are you today? What are y'all doing in here to cause the power to go out? Come on now. You know, standing backstage, just thinking about uh, how people all over. It's going to be one of those kind of days, isn't it? How people all over the world uh, don't have quite the privilege that you and I have to gather together in a building with lights and sound and all of that. There are people in third world countries Uh, You've been to some of those on missions trips as well as I have, that they will walk miles and miles uh, just to hear the Word of God. And so I think we can put up with a little bit of technology issues and all of that. Can I tell you that God is greater than human power? Come on, can you say amen? And so we just, uh, we honor you today, Jesus. I'm so glad that you're here, honored that you're here. I told Kimberly during worship, I said, you know what, I feel like the enemy is going to try to distract this Word today and then... Uh, but he is defeated and Jesus is glorified. So let me look at the cameras in the back of the room and say good morning to everybody online. We've been offline during our At The Movie series, but good Lord willing, we're back online today to our Germantown, Maryland campus, our Westside Atlanta campus. They've got full power at their campuses. Come on. But we greet all of you today, whoever you are, wherever you're from. For those of you in this room, it's a joy to be together. Can we greet one another? Come on, let's clap like we've never done it before. Come on, say hello to your family on the other side of the camera. And then, you know, last Sunday, uh, we honored Veterans Day in the military. We do this every single week. But I do want to pause today, give honor to the brave men that, that serve, brave men and women that serve in the military. And those that are veteran of the military, we say God bless you and all of our first responders. So if that's you, if you're active duty or you have served in the military or your job is considered to be a first responder, we want to honor you today with some genuine appreciation. Would you put your hand in the air real quick? Come on and let's go crazy for every person that has served. Come on. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Good. All right. Let me offer a quick prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We can get right into the message today. We'll take 10 seconds here, focus our thoughts, get rid of all the distraction, and then we'll jump into the message. 10 seconds, and then I'll pray for us. Thank you, Jesus. None like you, Lord. God, we give you today. This is the day you have made, so we'll be glad and rejoice in it. We honor you with the highest praise because there is none like you. Lord, it is my desire to make you famous, to lift you up. I know you've got a word for us today. And no matter, even though all of hell may be against it, here's the truth. Your word never returns void. So speak to us loud and clear. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, the name above all names. And together, everybody said amen and amen. Can we go crazy for Jesus today? Go church. Come on. Good. All right, I know some people are looking for seats. There's plenty of seats up here in the middle on the left and the right. So some of our auditorium hosts will help you to find a seat. If you're taking notes today, which I encourage you to do just that, there should be a message note card in a seat near you or a seat by you. So make sure you access that. A lot of scripture today, okay? So we're going to go through the Bible uh, really from, from beginning to end as we dive into week number one of Legacy. This is an annual series that we do here at Go Church. And it's a powerful series because we're talking about not just the life that you're, you're living, but the life that you're leaving. Does that make sense? 
So you're living the life, but you're also leaving something after you leave this world behind. And so I'll start with an introduction here. And I've taught, I've taught this before, but I want to kind of recap just real quick uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I'll give you just a quick overview of this because I don't have time to go from, you know, the bottom of the pyramid to the top. But in the early 1940s, Abraham Maslow created or wrote a, a paper on the theory uh, of human motivation. And what's so profound about this particular model here is that Maslow says that the highest level of living would be known as transcendence living. So this would mean that we're living beyond the ordinary and we're living in the extraordinary. Does that make sense? So it's here at transcendence where care and compassion and sympathy and, 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 and the heart for other people really begin to be the driving force in who you are and what you do. Now, this is parallel to the gospel. All throughout scripture, we see that our ultimate purpose for our life is to make a difference in the lives of others. Now, I would say that obviously this would be second to your responsibility to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That would be the ultimate purpose, is to say yes to Christ. But once you say yes to God, you are in a personal relationship with Jesus, now there is great purpose for your life. And that purpose is to make a difference in someone else's life, to get out of the sphere of our own world and to really lean into somebody else's world. And at Go Church, we try to put together a model of ministry that mirrors that. We call it our, our G3s, where we gather together, we grow in purpose, and then we go make a difference. This is go make a difference, is transcendence living. Again, it's taking all the things that God has given you, all of your gifts and abilities, and, and, and. We'll talk about that here in a few moments. And you're investing those things into the lives of other people. So whenever we talk about legacy, which we're going to do over the next few weeks, I'll define legacy two different ways. The first way that I want to define legacy is that legacy is what people are going to remember about you when you're gone. So let me say this to you. Ready? Everybody lean in for a second. At some point, everybody's going to die. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Come on, somebody. One out of one will die unless Jesus comes back. And how many of you know that that's a promise and Jesus is coming back soon? But unless Jesus comes back before you breathe your last breath, there will be a moment where you will perish from this world. So when that happens, and I don't, I don't know your expiration date, just like I don't know my expiration date, but whenever our time on this earth is up, what will our legacy be? What will people remember about you when you're gone? So even though we're all going to perish, we're all going to die at some point, what we do for others doesn't have to die. Does that make sense? Here's a beautiful uh, two verses on legacy. Psalm 112, verses 5 and 6. Good will come to those who are generous, and good will come to those who lend freely, to those who conduct their affairs with justice. I love verse 6. Watch this. Surely they will never be shaken. This doesn't mean that the shaking won't ever come. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But even when the shaking comes, you can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. So even though trials and difficulties and shaking happens, you've got a firm foundation in Jesus. Come on, help your pastor preach, right? And let's read this last line here, highlighted in yellow together. One, two, three. A righteous person will be remembered forever. 
So legacy is not only what people will remember about you when you're gone, but legacy is also, and, and look at this, what God will remember about you when you're gone. Let me say it to you like this. God has books, plural. We'll talk about those in a few minutes. And every single thing that you do and say are recorded in the books. So every action, word, and deed, that is a humbling and somewhat humiliating thought, isn't it? That everything we do is recorded in the books. And then whenever we breathe our last breath, according to these books, God will remember everything that you've done. I'll give you a verse to back this up so you don't think I'm just making up a conversation here. Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work, nor will he forget the love that you've shown him as you have what? Helped his people and as you continue to help them. So again, legacy is what people remember about you when you're gone, but also what God remembers about you when you're gone. So this whole, that, those whole thoughts there drive us to this really deep thought here. Watch this. There's more to life than just this life. Now I know it's hard for us to get beyond the here and now. It's hard for us to get beyond like our daily schedules and all the things that we do. I mean, we're alive today. We're at church today. We're going to work tomorrow. We've got holiday plans. Everything seems very, very earthly, but there is a world, there is a life that is even more real than this life. Now, we have all kinds of false sayings that back up that there's only one life. They say YOLO, you only live once, all right, that's, that's not true. You actually live twice, you live here, and then you live in eternity. So, so there's more to life than just this life. There's more to life than the nine to five. There's more to life than just the routine. There's more to life than just your, your business and your job and your education and your family and your marriage. There is eternity. So watch this, Hebrews 9, 27, and we talked a little bit about this a moment ago. But people are destined to die once, and after that, they will face what? Judgment. Romans 14, three verses here, 10, 11, 12. We will all stand before God's judgment seat. So again, there's more to life than just this life. When we breathe our last breath, we stand before God at the judgment seat, and it is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue will acknowledge God. And watch verse number 12. So then each one of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So are you seeing this? That there's more to life than just this life. And the legacy life that we're living and leaving is incredibly important. Not just for here and now, but for what is to come. So as your pastor or your spiritual tour guide or maybe a spiritual voice in your life, I've got a number of primary responsibilities, a number of big jobs. But one of the biggest jobs that I have, and there's no greater responsibility than this particular responsibility, is to prepare you for the day that you stand before God. Because everyone is going to stand before God. I'm going to stand before God. You'll stand before God. Your spouse, your children, your grandchildren from the kindest of individual that you know to the most evil person that's ever walked the face of the earth. Everyone is going to stand before God, and I want to prepare you for that day. So on the day that you stand before God, you breathe your last breath, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. You're standing before God. There's going to be two questions. It's a two-question test. 
Now, I don't know how well you are at taking tests. Uh, some of you are incredibly gifted at test taking. Some of you are like me. You kind of struggled with certain, you know, test taking. Some of you graduated from school like summa cum laude or magna cum laude. Where are my people at like me? You graduated, thank you, Lord. Come on, you're going to testify right there. Like, that was me. I wasn't a great test taker. But there were certain, that's funny, by the way. Come on, I made you laugh today. There's certain uh, professors and teachers, though, that over the years I really started to, to appreciate. Because these professors and teachers would provide for you the answers to the test. And they would give you a study guide. Or some of them would say, this is the actual test. And if you just study it, you're going to do really, really well. And some of y'all, come on, you know who I'm talking about, you still failed that test. They gave you the answer and you still failed the test. Well, if you failed the two-question test about eternity, that's on you. That's not on me. Because I'm going to give you the two questions and I'm going to give you the two answers. You, you ready? I want you to write them down. The moment that you leave this world, right, the question is going to be this. Did you know and accept my son Jesus? Question number one. Did you know and accept my son Jesus? Now, this is known as the great white throne judgment. You've heard me talk about this in the past. If you go to the book of Revelation, you have John, who on the island of Patmos was given a vision or revelation about heaven and eternity. And watch what he writes in Revelation chapter 20, a couple of verses here. Then I saw a great white throne. I saw God who was seated on it. And the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, everybody, great and small, standing before the throne, and watch, and there were books that were open. Now, this is important. Books here has an S on the end. That means it's plural. Come on, somebody. So there are multiple books that are open. But watch verse 12. And then John says, but there was another book singular book and this one particular book is known as the book of life and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books now I don't want this to be confusing so I'm gonna break it down there are books plural and in these books are written everything that you and I have ever done how about that is this not just crazy just let it ride just let it ride for a minute just let it ride. All by myself. Don't want to be. I don't know if we're online. I don't even know. If, there you are. You're still here. Here we go. <sighs> Anybody love Jesus, but you're still human? Come on. Like, so you, anyway, I digress. Just get back in the spirit here. So there are books, plural, but then there is a book. And this one book, we'll talk about all the books, but this one book is known as the book of life. And on the day of judgment, on this great white throne judgment, a single book is going to be open. And on that day, they're going to look into this book and see if your name is written in this book. The great white throne judgment, look at it again. The great white throne judgment, rather, is a heaven and hell judgment. So the day you breathe your last breath, you're standing before God and your fate is secured by your decision. The decision that you made or did not make while you were alive on the earth. 
So people ask all the time, and you've heard me say this, how could a loving God send someone to hell? God doesn't send anyone to hell. God made a way through his son Jesus and the work that he did on the cross at Calvary, the blood of Jesus. What does 2 Peter 3, 9 say? It says that it is not the will of the Father that any man should perish, but that all come to repentance. So God doesn't send people to hell. People choose to go there. You've heard me teach it this way. Why would a loving God force you to spend eternity with him when you refuse to spend your earthly life with him? So, so here it is. Here's this book. And if you knew Jesus and accepted Jesus while you were alive, your name is written in the book. So how do you get your name there? Well, let me tell you how you don't. It's not about religion. It's not about church attendance. It's not about how many hours you volunteer and serve. It's not about how much money you give to uh, the church or a local nonprofit. Pardon the grammar. I always say bad grammar, good preaching. It ain't about your mama's salvation or your grandmama's salvation, right? The only way you get your name written in the book, we're all going to stand there. So the only way you get your name written in the book is that you take advantage of the life you have here. You admit that you're a sinner. You believe in Jesus. You confess your sin. You repent of your sin. And you commit your heart to God. Can you give me a good amen right there? So write this down. Your eternity, right, your eternity is based on who you know, not what you do. So on that great white throne judgment, there is a book. And it, the only way to get your name in that book is, did you know my son Jesus? Did you accept him? It's not based on everything that you've done. Does that make sense? Matthew 7, uh, verses 21 through 23, explain it this way. Jesus says, not, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, what day? The day of judgment, the great white throne judgment. On that day, they'll say, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did I not attend Go Church in your name? I wish that was your ticket to heaven, but I can't help you there. Did we not give X amount of dollars, and did we not do? And he's like, hey, 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 did we not perform many miracles? And he says, I'll tell them plainly, depart from me, for I never even knew you. So, so the Greek word here is the word gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, gnosis. And it, it means this, that you can't just have a head knowledge of Jesus, but you must have a heart knowledge of Jesus. That you can't just know Jesus here, but you've got to know Jesus here. When I was in kids' ministry and student ministry, I would always teach it like this. You're only one foot from heaven and hell. One foot. Some of y'all know him here, and you ought to get hit in the head with this shoe. Come on, somebody. You know him here, but you don't know him here. And he says, you can say that you did all of these things in my name, but if you don't know me in your heart, if you've not accepted me as your Lord and Savior, Depart from me, for I never even knew you. So question number one, did you know and accept my son Jesus? And here's the right answer. I'm giving you the answer to the test. Yes, I knew Jesus personally, and I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Now you know why the powers tried to go out three times in this building. Because the enemy wants you to fail this test. 
But I'm telling you, there is a day of judgment that's coming. And the only way you get your name in the book of life is to accept Jesus, repent of your sin, and commit your heart to him. Can you give God a good amen? Come on, it's the only way. All right, I got to hurry, I got to hurry, watch. So if the answer to that is no, I didn't know Jesus, and I didn't accept him as my Lord and Savior, there's no other questions to the test. It's over. You'll spend eternity separate from God. And I just want to say to you before I move off that thought, if that's you and you're kind of on the fence, I don't know how the grace of God works. I don't know how much time you've got on this earth. All I know is you're promised right now, right here today, to make him Lord of all. So quit playing games. Quit playing church games. You woke up this morning and said, God, if you're real, I want a sign. He's turned the power off twice to get your attention. Come on. All right? So you got you to commit your life to Jesus. But if you still say no, there's no other test. But for those whose name is written in the book of life, there's another question. It's a bonus question. Come on, somebody. It's worth extra credit. Can we just say thank God to all the teachers that gave extra credit to those that needed a little more extra? Come on, look at somebody and say, you look like you need some extra credit. Go ahead and tell them that. I don't even know what that means, but tell them that. All right, here's the second question. What did you do with everything I gave you? Now look at me. This isn't just money, although money is a huge part of it. But everything that I gave you, look, look. What did you do with uh, your life, your marriage? What did you do with every relationship? What did you do with that house and that car? What did you do with your health? What did you do with your business and your job? What did you do with your education and degrees and intellect and knowledge? What did you do with your gifts and your talents and your abilities? Because as Christians, we're responsible to steward all of that really, really well. Now watch this. I'm going I'm to prove to you here that there is a second question. There's a second judgment. First judgment, the great white throne judgment, all about heaven and hell. But this next judgment is a reward-based judgment. Meaning, watch this, Ephesians 2.8, it is by grace through faith that you are saved. It's not of yourselves. You can't earn salvation. You can't work for salvation. It's a free gift of God. But once you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, God is going to bless you for the work that you do while you're alive. All right, let me give you a couple thoughts here. 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now watch this. In this verse, all does not mean all. All here means all whose name were in the book of life. Because remember, if your name's not in that book, there is no second question. You, you, you are separated from God for, for eternity. So all is for all whose name has been written in the book of life. So for all of us, we're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ, also known as the mercy seat. And there, each of us is going to receive what is due us for the things done while in the body Good or bad. So watch this. This is the second judgment, the second question, the judgment seat of Christ. Now it's hard not to think of judgment as like harsh because the first judgment seems so hard. But this judgment is more like, uh, what's a good example? Like an Olympic judge. 
where an Olympic judge is celebrating and rewarding all of the athletes for making it to the Olympics. But there are some athletes that are going to get a little bigger reward. Now, some of you don't like this kind of teaching because you think that if we get into heaven, we're just going to be there for eternity, floating around like little baby cherubs. It's a little fat baby cherub. Come on, somebody. And that's not biblical, by the way. And that we're just going to float around singing, I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy. And while that's the right mindset that we are not worthy, but thanks be to God for grace. Come on now. But actually in heaven, God is going to reward us for all of the good things that we did while we are alive. Let me give you, uh, I'm going to fly through these. Watch this. Let me give you a few verses here. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels. And then He will, oh, you got to help me. Come on. Then He will, each person according to what they have done. Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he, come on, say it like you want one. There we go. Somebody really got excited there, didn't they? He rewards those who earnestly seek him. One of the last um, verses in the Bible, the end of the book, Revelation twenty two twelve, right towards the end, watch. And behold, Jesus says, I am coming quickly. And I'm so excited to come. I'm going to bring some rewards with me. Do you see this? And my reward is with me, and I will reward each person according to their work. Now, I want you to answer aloud because I want to make sure you understand this. Can your works save you? No. Only grace. Only grace and faith. That's the only way you can get your name in the book of life. But God is going to bless you. If you use what he gave you to be a blessing to somebody else. So let me say this to you. Um, thankful I'm going to heaven. Thankful for the grace of God. Thankful for his mercy on my life. But I also want to store up some treasure in heaven. I, when, I, when I get to heaven, I'm, I'm just kind of feeling like I'm going to get an upgrade from my current home to my new home. Anybody with me? Like I, I got a nice house here. But like I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be a mansion for me in heaven. Can I get 100 people that that's all right? And right outside on my front porch of my mansion in heaven is a big old Georgia bulldog flag. Just, okay, that's not, maybe, I don't know. So here's the, here's the second question. What did you do with everything I gave you? And here's the right answer. I used it all. Everything you blessed me with. Because watch. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from your Father above. So all the great things that you have, money, family, health, life, gifts, talents, abilities, time, time, treasure, degrees, business, company, employees, and, 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 all of it, God has given to you. And you have to be able to say, okay, everything that you gave me, I use to make a difference in the lives of others. Now, many of us understand the answer, but we're, we're not actually living that way. The only way that you can live that way is to live intentionally. To live your life on purpose and for purpose. Now, let me say it to you like this. you, you got to have a plan. you got to have a plan to live intentionally. So if you want to be able to stand before God and say, okay, my name is in the book of life, Accept him as Lord and Savior. 
if you want to be able to stand before God and say, okay, I'm excited to receive the rewards that you're going to bless me with for the works that I've done, you've got to live intentionally. And it's, and it's never too late to start living with intentionality. It's not too late for you. So let me give you three ways that you can live intentionally. Number one is, I will intentionally give what I have. Now again, this is far more than money. Do you understand this? Far more than money. But money is a big part of who we are and what we do. That's why Jesus talked more about money than he did about prayer and faith combined. Of all of the parables that Jesus taught, almost one-third of the parables had to do with money. Because he showed us that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So we could talk about all the other areas of our life, but watch this. I just genuinely believe that your money is a great indicator of where your heart is spiritually. Now I'm going to tell you this, and you know, if you've been a part of Go Church, you know your pastor. If you're new to Go Church, you need to know this. I don't want anything from you. I just believe that God has something for you. Okay, so don't, this isn't manipulative. Um, I know you're sitting there thinking, man, they, they're taking up an offering because the lights keep going off and they can't pay the bills. And, hey, nothing like that. Typically, we have a great relationship with the electric company. So this isn't manipulative, all right? I'm just trying to show you a few things here. Let's talk about money for a moment. Because if you want to give intentionally, you've got to have a plan. Dave Ramsey, I love Dave Ramsey, by the way. Uh, Dave Ramsey says it this way, if you don't tell your money where to go, you'll wonder where it went. By a show of hands, how many of you know that's a true statement? If I've ever said anything true, I just quoted Dave Ramsey, that is the truth. If you don't tell your money where to go, you'll wonder where it went. This is why we talk so much about you've got to create a budget. This is a plan. Uh, sometime back, Ron Blue wrote a, ma- a book called Master Your Money. In this book, he talked about the, the five ways that, you know, uh, people leverage their income and this is really pretty much in order he says most people spend it or they repay it or they pay their taxes or they save it and then whatever's left they'll figure out a way to give it now watch this if if this is you in this order here's the challenge with that if you spend it that's a me first mentality if you repay it well then creditors become second you pay your taxes government is third You save it, you put yourself back on the list at fourth, and then if you try to give any, now you're waiting until the very end to give give what you've got, you know, left over. Hopefully there's some left over to other people. Now, when you read your Bible, this is the opposite of what Christianity is. Christianity is all about putting who first? Others first. And listen to me, if you don't believe me, I'll let the room respond to this. You know, if, if you are faithful in your giving to God, How many of you know that God's economy works different than our economy? And when you put other people first, you put Christ and his church and people first, God blesses you exceedingly abundantly. Can anybody testify to that? Now listen, that response, I'm not paying them to tell you that. God works differently in his economy than how you and I understand mathematics. So you've got to flip the list and you've got to put others first. First, and not keeping others last. Here's a verse here, 2 Corinthians 9.11. You will be made rich in every way. Again, this is far more than money. In every area of your life, God's going to bless you. So that you can be generous on every occasion. 
and, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Is this making sense so far? I know a lot of distraction today, but I really hope this word is, is speaking to your heart. So you, you can't continue to do things the way that you're doing them and be able to answer the question on this test about what did you do with everything I gave you if you're not intentionally willing to give it away. A lot, we've got this kind of me first mentality and it's dangerous. Now, the majority of you in this room, you know what ROI stands for, return on your investment. And listen, if, you, if you've invested any money in this particular year, most of us have lost some money. Uh, the market has been incredibly volatile. By a show of fans, how many of you felt a little bit of inflation? Come on, somebody. You felt a little bit of inflation? Uh, some, of you have, some of you have lost jobs, had to change jobs. You, you felt the effect of, of recession. But I don't want to talk to you about ROI. I actually want to talk to you about EROI. And this is a great line from uh, Chris Hodges and Lee Domain from Church of the Highlands. They teach a lot about EROI. This is eternal return on investment. This is when you're making investments not just into this life, but into the life that is to come. And watch this. If you've given any money to the local church, especially Go Church, in this calendar year, your eternal return on investment isn't down. It's up. Does that make sense? Like if, you, if you've given any money through the ministry of Go Church, this part of your portfolio, let's go. Let me show you one area, I, and I hope, I hope you respond in an adequate way. Watch this. This year alone, from January 1 until last Sunday, the last Sunday of At The Movies, last week, November the 6th, between all of our campuses, 672 people said yes to Jesus. Come on. Come on. 672. So watch this. If you're giving to the local church, man, your, your return on that investment eternally is way through the roof. I mean, this part of your portfolio is doing a tremendous job. And again, we're not just saving up here on this earth, but we're laying up for us treasure in heaven. Does that make sense? And because of your generosity, you're making a difference. So let me, I'm going to challenge you with two ways when it comes to your money. Watch this. Number one, you need to take a next step. I wish I had time to really teach the, the, the giving ladder, but we're running out of time. But I want you to take a step. If you've never, ever trusted God with your money, take one step and give an offering. If you've given an offering and it's been inconsistent, take a next step on the giving ladder and just try God with percentage giving. Now the tithe is 10%. Maybe you feel like that's an unbelievable percentage to get into. Try 2%, 3%, 4%. Just take a step on the giving ladder. And as you keep climbing the giving ladder, watch this. Eventually, you'll get to the top rung of the giving ladder, which is you're, you're, you're giving extravagantly. You've heard stories about people that, that they give away 90% of their income and they live off 10% of their income. Wow, that's tremendous. Now, I don't know if God will ever get us there, but I do know this, that the more I give... The more God blesses people and the more lives that are changed. That's just a fact. Now, I don't give to get, but I do know that God takes what I give, he multiplies it, and there is a reward for faithfulness and obedience. Does that make sense? So listen, 
If you love your church, if you love your church, which is the bride of Christ, you should be invested in that church financially. And if you don't love Go Church, man, go to a church you do love. And invest into the church you do love. Does that make somebody say amen to that? I mean, come on now. Get invested. Climb the giving ladder and watch what God does in you and through you. And here's the other one. And we've been talking about this for a number of weeks now. Uh, Pastor Ben, will you grab me one of those green envelopes real quick? So we're talking about the legacy offering, all right? The legacy offering is happening on Sunday, December the 4th. Now, what is special? If you're new to Go Church, what's so special about the legacy offering is this. We're asking everybody to give something. Everybody. You, your children, your grandchildren from Go Kids to Go Youth, across the board. Everybody give something because 100% participation, we're giving 100% of it away. I thought, you, I thought you'd be like, oh, wow, okay. It's a tough crowd to impress, my goodness. Well, how about this? Last year, the offering was about $274,000. Gave it all away. We vet local nonprofits and, and ministries and missionaries. And, and you see all throughout the year on Sundays uh, the different stories of how you're giving through the legacy offering and you're giving above that really makes a difference. And uh, it's impactful. So, and I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not doing. I'm not asking you to do something that I haven't already told our staff that they're doing. I'm not asking you to do something that I haven't asked and required our board of trustees to do. We're going to lead by example here, all right? And I double-dog dare somebody to try to give more away than what Kimberly and I are planning to give away this year. Maybe this jacket. Come on now. <laughs> Had to throw the jacket in there. 100% of what comes in, we give it all away to these vetted legacy partners. Now, here's something you need to know. On your way out today... At all of our campuses, everybody's going to get a green envelope. Now, some of you in the legacy offering, on December the 4th, you're going to give digitally. Uh, you're going to give through text or online or app. You know, there are all kinds of different ways that you can give. But some of you will give in person. Now, whether you're giving online, app, digitally, text, and, 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 or you're giving in person, I want everybody to take a green envelope. And for the next 21 days, I want you to do three things for three weeks. Pray, plan, and then participate. So this is just, you put this wherever you need to put it to say, it really doesn't matter how much you give. If it's 10 cents or $10,000, God will bless it if he told you to give that amount. Does that make sense? You're looking at me like a cow looking at a new gate. Come on, somebody. You just pray. And whatever God says to give, just do it. And watch what God does. I just want everybody, 100% of us, to participate. We're going to give it all away. And I believe, and I'll show you over the next few weeks, especially on the 27th, two, two Sundays from now, how your giving and participation in the legacy offering is going to make a tremendous impact, not just here in this world, but in the life that is to come. Is that good? Come on, is that good? Let's go, let's go. All right. Two more ways, and we'll get you out of here and... Just let the Lord keep speaking to your heart. Another way that you've got to be able to say to that second question, everything you gave me I used to bless other people and to make a difference. You've got to live intentionally, so I'm going to intentionally give what I have. Secondly, I'm going to intentionally serve other people. 
Let me say this to you in, in the kindest way I know how, but a way that hopefully this will help you to remember. Saved people serve people. Like if you're saved and you love Jesus, to be a Christian means to be Christ-like. It, it means that this is not optional. It's that we're going to serve others. We're going to put their needs above our needs. And we're going we're to make a difference in their lives. Look at Matthew here, what he says. Jesus talking, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Some Christians are really, really good at just being spectators, and God is calling you to participate, because he's going to ask you, what did you you do with that voice that I gave you? What did you do with that spiritual gift that I gave you, the gift of administration, the gift of organization, the gift of speaking, the gift of writing, the gift of leading, the gift of teaching. What did you do with all of that? That's, that's a question on the test. And the only way to be able to answer while I use it is to intentionally say, I'm just going to serve other people. And one of the greatest ways you can serve other people is through the local church. And we, we make this really, really easy for you. We have move track. It happens the first four Sundays of every single month, steps one, two, three, four. It's our discipleship pathway. It's a, a great opportunity for you not just to learn more about the church, but for you to, to learn more about you and the way that God wired you and the way that God made you. We'll give you a spiritual gifts test so you can see what gifts you have so that you can then get on a go team and you can use your gifts and your talents and abilities to make a difference in the lives of other people. At our South Metro Atlanta campus, we are actively looking for electricians. Come on, somebody. Get on the GOAT team and help us to figure it all out. And then watch this. You don't even have to go through Move Track, and you don't even have to serve on the GOAT team to get connected to First Saturday Serve. On the first Saturday of every month at every one of our campuses, we do Serve Day. There's not a better First Saturday Serve than December right here at the holidays. Where you, and we encourage you to bring your children to say, hey, on the first Saturday of every month, we're going to get up a little bit early. As a family, we're going to go serve. We're going to bless other people. Again, because there's this question on the test. What did you do with everything that I gave you? And I'm trying to give you the answer, all right? One more, and then I'll pray for you. So I will intentionally give what I have. I will intentionally serve others. And then the third one is this. I will intentionally share Christ. We've been talking a lot about that this year. The need for you to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus to lost people. Watch this and I'll close. Everyone will stand before God on that day of judgment. How desperate are you to make sure the people that are in your world know that Jesus is the answer? To share Christ I mean you always have to preach a message to them but it does mean that you need to share the love of Jesus with them let me give you a few verses here and then one challenge 2 Corinthians 5.20 you are Christ's ambassador you and God is making his appeal through you think about this thought you may be the only Jesus that people ever see alright here's another one Luke 14 Go out 
and urge anyone that you find to come in so that my house may be full. So to go out and to encourage people to come and taste and see what God is doing, to experience grace and mercy. That's on us. One more verse here. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And Jesus said to his followers, Go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. Now some of you may feel um, like you don't have the capability or the understanding to to evangelize the gospel. We'll help, we'll help you to do that, but at the very least, you can invite people to church. Like, I know that we're in the holiday season here, and it's hard to believe that Thanksgiving and Christmas is literally, you know, right around the corner. But at the end of the year, we're going to have Christmas at Go Church. And all of our campuses, we're going all in on Christmas Eve, Saturday, December the 24th. So between now and then, I just want you to begin to pray. Who, who should I invite? Who should I tell? Imagine... An individual coming to Christmas at Go Church and them receiving the greatest Christmas gift <laughs> that they could ever receive. And it's, it's not in technology and it's not in toys. It's in the person of Jesus. And one invitation could make a huge impact and change the trajectory of someone's life forever. So at the very least, if, if you don't feel like you can evangelize the gospel, just go to your neighbors, go to your coworkers, and say, okay, just come to Christmas and go church with me. And I believe that that one night that God can speak to you and he can change everything. Do you believe that today? All right, can we thank God for his word? Come on, let's do it well. Don't move off the moment of the books in the book. Do you know my son Jesus? And what did you do with what I gave you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to take just a second or two here. And then I'm going to pray for you. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's your next step today? Come on, think about it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We talk about 672 decisions this year. Can we add a few more? If you're here today and you wonder, I don't know if my name is written in that book. But before I leave this room, Lord, you've gotten my attention. I don't know when I'll breathe my last breath, but when I do, I want to make sure that my name is in the book of life. This is either committing your life to Christ for the first time, or maybe you want to repent of some things, recommit your life. Don't miss this moment. I'm going to count to three every campus. If that's you, you want your name to be in the book, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a moment. But you raising your hand is not what gets your name in the book. It is your confession of sin and accepting of Jesus, of his grace and his mercy, and your repentant heart to say, I'm going to turn some things around, and I'm going to live my life for you. You ready? If that's you, you want your name in the book, hands up, one, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Count real quick. Keep them up. Keep them up. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Germantown, West Side. So many hands. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34. Come on. So, Lord, you've seen every hand lifted today. Now I want everybody, eyes closed, heads bowed, hand over your heart. Come on, every person today. Pray this prayer, Father God, forgive me of my sin. 
Come into my heart. Make me a new person. I'm ready to give my life to you and begin a new life in Christ. So today, I'm confessing my sin. I'm accepting you as my Lord. And I'm committing my life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, let's celebrate together, church. Come on. Sing this chorus real quick. Come on, hands lifted high. All around the room, hands lifted high and we'll be dismissed. Come on, let's worship. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. And just to rest upon his promise. Just to know the said the Lord Jesus Jesus how I trust you and how I through you are and more oh Jesus Jesus precious Jesus oh for grace to trust you the Lord today. He's good. I want to let you know uh, if you made a commitment to the Lord, whether that was today or in the past couple weeks, I want to encourage you. We've got a resource. It's totally free. It's right outside, right at the next steps counter. It's a little purple book that says, what do I do now that I'm a Christian? And maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, and today you just had to hit the reset button because you're so far from the Lord. Um, I want to encourage you. You can always get back on track. That's what I love about the Lord is that if you fall down, you can get back up. Can I get an amen from somebody? So check out that resource today. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to invite our prayer team down front. Maybe you need to pray with somebody today. I want you to know that that opportunity is available to you. This team's going to hang around. If you want to pray, they'll be here as long as you need to pray. So take advantage of that. Uh, but I want to remind you, they're going to have these legacy cards on your way out the door. And I would love for every household to grab one of these. Uh, and take over the next few weeks and just pray. God, what do you want me to give? What do you want my house to give? Uh, your kids can give. Everybody can jump in on this. I want to encourage you to grab one of these on your way out the door. But let me read the vision statement of this house with you together today. And uh, they're going to put that on the screen. And that's to love anyone from anywhere into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I love you, good church, and I'll see you back next week. Thank you.